getting jacked for BJJ will improve your performance. It will make you stronger, have a protective effect on your joints and reduce your risk of injury. Here is a beginner's guide to getting jacked for BJJ. We'll be discussing the benefits of increasing your muscle size for jiu-jitsu, a brief look at the science behind muscle hypertrophy, muscle hypertrophy best practices and how to adapt them for jiu-jitsu, a summary of everything that we went over and where to go next and some resources. The benefits of increasing your muscle size for jiu-jitsu. Larger muscles usually means healthier bodies. It also improves your sports performance because larger muscles is associated with more strength. Jiu-jitsu performance is no exception to this benefit. If you can agree with the fact that strength improves your performance on the jiu-jitsu mats, a byproduct of that increasing your muscle size will increase your strength, thus improve your performance as well. Muscle loss is very common as you age. So by doing some form of hypertrophy or strength training, you're reducing that rate of decline and you can even reverse it, stop it in its tracks and have muscle growth as you age. Not only that, but when we're looking at jujitsu, an increase in muscle hypertrophy has a positive correlation to improved performance as well as improved body composition. This means a reduction of body fat and an increase in muscle mass improves your overall health because that will improve your overall body composition or what your body is composed of, what it's made up of. Now let's apply this to a practical example in jujitsu. Let's look at the weight divisions when you compete. If you can be at the top end of your weight bracket, but be mostly muscle or have single digit or lower, say between eight to 12% body fat and more muscle mass, you're going to have a physical advantage over your opponents despite the fact that your weight is the same. If skill is equal, by having more muscle and being stronger than your opponent, it will always be an advantage. There is no benefit to being frail and weak, and there is no downside to being stronger than your opponent. The science behind muscle hypertrophy. This section is by no means a comprehensive overview on the body of scientific literature surrounding muscle hypertrophy and human anatomy. This is simply a surface level so we have a working understanding so when we get to the next section, everything comes together. It's not always the case that in order for your muscles to get stronger, that they need to get bigger. However, increasing the size of your muscle inevitably increases your overall strength. So there are ways to get stronger without necessarily stacking on muscle mass. But if you stack on muscle mass, it inevitably comes with an association of increased strength. And this is applicable to the general population. Muscles are generally getting weaker and smaller as you age. So by focusing in your training programs on muscle hypertrophy, you can slow down this process or even reverse it. But what is hypertrophy? Hypertrophy here means growth. When we're talking about hypertrophy in the context of muscle hypertrophy, all we're talking about is muscle growth. But what is muscle growth? What is hypertrophy? In order for your muscles to grow, there needs to be three different stimulus in place. They are one, stress, two, tension, and three, damage. But what is actually going on with the muscle? So a basic way to think about this 
is when you're lifting weights for muscle hypertrophy, you're damaging your muscle. You're creating stress on the muscle and tension on the muscle, and you're creating micro tears in the filament of your muscle bodies. What happens then is your body triggers a process known as muscle protein synthesis and repairs your muscle. It is that repair process that grows the muscle larger. As a brief overview, there are two proteins responsible for the movement of your muscle in your muscle body. They are myosin and actin. Think about myosin as a ropey sort of band, if you will, around your muscle and actin a little bubbles along that myosin. The myosin reach out and grab and slide actin filament and, and that is the sliding filament theory of muscle movement. But for our purposes, let's focus in on myosin. During the process of lifting weights or creating sufficient stimulus through muscle damage, these myosin filaments are damaged. Now, when muscle protein synthesis or the process of muscle protein synthesis is triggered in your body, your body creates myosin to repair the myosin in your muscle and it grows back larger, thicker, therefore your muscles become larger. Best practices and how to adapt it to jiu-jitsu training. How heavy do you need to lift for hypertrophy? The range of weight selection for muscle hypertrophy is quite large. This is a bit different to strength. With strength, the heavier you lift, the stronger you get, more or less. With muscle hypertrophy, research has shown that the range is anywhere from 30 to 80% of your one rep max. That is a huge bracket. Unlike strength, where you don't want to be lifting till failure, with muscle hypertrophy, research shows that the vast majority of the benefit comes when you're lifting as close to failure as possible. But you don't want to go all the way to mechanical muscle failure because it is very taxing on your central nervous system. It will leave you fatigued and it affects your ability to complete adequate amount of reps and volume in the exercise program after muscle failure. So you wanna basically go all the way up to muscle failure, but stop one rep short of true muscle failure. Rep range and weight selection. How do you choose the appropriate amount of weight? Now, I mentioned that you can lift between 30 and 80%. That's sort of how heavy you wanna go in reference to your one rep max. But what about your actual practical weight selection and what about our repetition range? Well, I mentioned that you want to be lifting as close to failure. For muscle hypertrophy, the beneficial repetition range has been shown to be anywhere from six to 15 plus, depending on the exercise that you're doing. Anecdotally, the eight to 12 repetition range seems to be the sweet spot for most people. Now, let's talk about weight selection utilizing this repetition range. This is a concept that I like to introduce that I've coined as a repetition ceiling. So with the weight selection, you wanna select a weight that allows you to achieve your one rep short or muscle failure within that eight to 12 rep range. So the way that might look is your, say you're doing four sets of eight to 12 reps on bench press. For your first set at your given weight that you've selected, maybe you achieve muscle failure at 11 reps. The next set, 10 reps, then eight, then eight again. That would be an appropriate weight selection. However, if for example, you in, on your first set, 
you can exceed 12. Your second, you exceed 12. Your third, you're hitting 12. And then your fourth, you're also hitting around 11 or 12 or so. That would probably mean you're lifting a little bit too light for that repetition ceiling of 12 reps. So essentially, if you can exceed the ceiling of your rep range, you need to increase the weight. And we can use the floor as the same sort of concept. If you can't achieve a minimum of eight repetitions, then you're lifting much too heavy. But if you're purely wanting to go with the focus of muscle hypertrophy and you don't really mind about whatever repetition range is programmed in your specific program, then as long as you're doing six plus, you're in the green. If you're doing around six, your adaptations to your exercise is going to be more geared toward muscle hypertrophy and strength. Whereas on the upper end of the repetition range, closer to 15 plus, your adaptation is going to be more geared toward hypertrophy and muscle endurance. Let's talk about rest times between sets. So the rest time between sets is a minimum of 60 seconds with the maximum of two minutes or 120 seconds to keep things consistent. So I recommend a sweet spot between anywhere from 60 seconds to 90 seconds is sufficient recovery in between sets specifically for hypertrophy training. Now, if we're talking about strength training, we can go a lot higher than that, predominantly in the two minute range and even up to three or five minutes, depending on the style of training and the outcomes that you're after. But for our purposes, for jiu-jitsu athletes training for hypertrophy, 60 to 90 seconds is the sweet spot. This also ensures that we can get our workout in with sufficient volume within that 60 minute time frame. And anything more than 60 minutes, we start to have too much central nervous system fatigue, cortisol levels spike, our testosterone reduces, and we have a whole cascade of negative impact of over fatiguing ourselves when we're working out at a sufficient intensity for too long. Okay, what about lifting tempo? If you've never heard the term tempo when referring to lifting before, it simply means the speed at which you're lifting the weights or the tempo at which you're lifting the weights. You may have seen a program where it has designated tempo where it will be written in a number sequence. We can go over that in further detail, but all it means is you read the numbers from left to right in the process of lifting the weight. However, for our purposes, for muscle hypertrophy, so long as you're lifting the weight faster than eight seconds and slower than about half a second per rep, you're good to go. Anything faster than half a second, you're more entering in the territory of lifting for power, which we will be covering in detail in a future episode, and any slower than that, and we're looking at different adaptations other than muscle hypertrophy. But I will say that by changing your tempo, it can be beneficial. I like to assign tempo for certain exercises that I anecdotally find it more beneficial. An example of that is a Romanian deadlift or a straight leg deadlift. It performs better if you do it at a slower tempo. That's because it creates more tension, time under tension on the hamstrings and they respond better to that when the exercise is done at a slower tempo. Changing your tempo can also help to break through a plateau. If you've been following the same exercise for a while, maybe you're a seasoned lifter and you've been lifting for a long, long time, then by changing your tempo, you can introduce a different stimulus and it can help you break through a plateau. And this applies to hypertrophy training as well. Periodization and training cycles. 
In this section, I'm going to be talking about the length of the program and how it's structured and what a training cycle looks like. So the length of your program will depend on so many different factors, chief among which is your goals, what type of athlete you are, what you're training for, and so many other factors like the primary outcomes of the program, how experienced you are as a lifter, how much volume you're doing outside of the program in terms of jujitsu for our purposes, for training adaptations specifically for hypertrophy, I recommend that your training program lasts at least eight to 10 weeks, optimally 12 to 16. And that is known as a mesocycle. What is a mesocycle? Well, when it comes to training cycles, we group things in blocks or periods of time that are known as cycles. The largest block of training is known as a macro cycle. And this can last anywhere from six months up to four years in the case of Olympic athletes because they're training for the Olympics that happens every four years. So that is their macro cycle. Within that, we have a mesocycle. Usually it's between 12 weeks, 16 weeks, or can be shorter, longer, depending on the training program. This is a mesocycle. This is where we would fit a hypertrophy program into a broader picture of your training cycle for jiu-jitsu. And then within the mesocycle, we have microcycles. This is a week of training, generally speaking, and can change from week to week, or it can be fairly consistent depending on how it's periodized. I recommend following a hypertrophy program for at least eight to 10 weeks to ensure that you're getting enough time, enough stimulus to create and promote that change before jumping on to a different program with different training outcomes and a different primary goal. But within that eight to 10 weeks, you can introduce different rep ranges, you can introduce different exercise selection or tempos, and this will keep things fresh so you avoid boredom and can be the enough stimulus change to promote greater response to your training. Also, it's important to note that the more trained an athlete is or the more experienced you are with this style of training, you may need longer time and be exposed to more volume to promote the change that we're after. So depending on how experienced a lifter you are, you may need longer than 10 weeks or eight to 10 weeks in this case to see any benefit from following a hypertrophy protocol. Adapting a hypertrophy program for jiu-jitsu and exercise selection. Despite everything that I've said and outlined so far, I do not recommend that you follow a bodybuilder style program that you can download off the internet for jiu-jitsu. There's many different reasons for this, but chief among those is the volume. When we look at traditional or common or popular bodybuilding style programs, the split is generally divided into five or six days the body parts that are separated by a split, something like shoulder day, an arms day, chest day, back day, or maybe back and buys, chest and tries, all these different combinations, kind of arbitrary. They're generally split between five or six sessions. This is far too much volume for a jiu-jitsu athlete. By doing five or six dedicated sessions in the gym, you're going to have a negative interference effect with your jiu-jitsu. Your performance in jiu-jitsu is going to reduce. Your risk of injury on the mats is probably going to increase and it's going to have a detrimental impact on your ability to get better at jiu-jitsu. That is why I recommend lifting a minimum of two times per week 
and a maximum of about four times per week. This allows enough opportunity to get the optimal amount of volume in. It doesn't have a detrimental impact on your jiu-jitsu. Two days per week is a minimum because that meets our minimum threshold to get the stimulus that we're after. We're after hypertrophy. Two days per week will achieve that in most people depending on how trained you are. Four days is optimal because more volume, more stimulus, more potential for muscle growth. Anything more than that, you should be doing more jujitsu. You shouldn't necessarily be doing more weightlifting. Doesn't make sense. Let's talk about sets and reps. What is the recommendation for the minimum sets for hypertrophy and how many repetitions are we doing? Now, I already spoke about repetitions in the eight to 12 repetition range. Anywhere from six plus is optimal. Anything higher than 15 is generally speaking muscle endurance. But in terms of your reps, you want to be lifting to failure. You want to be lifting one rep short of muscular failure. But how do sets incorporate into this conversation? Well, research shows that you need one to four sets to achieve 63% of your muscle hypertrophy. Or otherwise, if 100% muscle hypertrophy or 100% of your optimal muscle hypertrophy is what you could achieve with the maximum volume, then by doing one to four sets, you'll achieve 63% of that. Now, this number is arbitrary because it will change depending on the individual. If you're very highly trained, you're going to need more sets in or more volume, more stimulus to achieve the same outcome. If you've ever you've heard the concept of beginner's gains, it's real. It does exist. And that's because you don't need a lot of stimulus in the beginning to have that adaptation or that muscle hypertrophy. But if you've been lifting consistently five days a week, specifically for bodybuilding for 10 years, you're not going to be able to get away with four sets per week and expect to continue to grow. But for our purposes, five to 15 sets per muscle group per week is optimal. That's it. It's not a whole lot. 15 sets per muscle group is on the higher end, but five to 15 as a bracket, as a range. Now, with two days per week, we can achieve that five sets per muscle group quite easily and split it between the two days and still get all of our other work in. That's great. Now, if you have a lot of experience training and you still only want to train two days per week, well, we're going to incorporate as many sets in to your training session, keeping it under 60 minutes, and that will definitely still improve your performance, have that protective effect, and not have that uh, wasting of muscle as you age. Okay, let's talk about exercise selection. This is how I recommend you structure your training split and assign exercises to each of your days in your training program. If you're training two days per week, do an upper lower split or a full body workout split. If you're training three days per week, do a push pull legs split or a full body workout. There are some advantages to full body workouts over an upper lower or a push pull split. And that is that if you find yourself skipping a day consistently in a push pull leg split, you may miss out on an entire muscle group which is detrimental to your muscle balance across your body for muscle hypertrophy balance and for your performance. You don't want to be consistently skipping legs, for example. Maybe you're doing a very difficult session in jiu-jitsu that week. You may skip out on the gym so that you're adequately recovered. But if you do that, you're going to be skipping out on legs consistently. So it becomes a bit of a problem. But if you do a full body workout, you're evenly distributing your minimum number of sets throughout your training program and it's less likely that you're going to skip out on an entire muscle group 
with a full body workout plan. That is why I generally recommend full body workouts for beginners. They've done research comparing full body workouts to traditional splits, and there is no difference so long as volume is matched. Now, in terms of exercise selection, specifically for the hypertrophy program, I recommend starting your sessions with compound movements. I had the same recommendation in the previous episode when we spoke specifically about strength. So go review that in short, Compound movements incorporate multiple joints, multiple planes of movement, multiple muscle groups. So they're more bang for your buck and they are exceptionally good exercises for muscle hypertrophy. Now, the rest of the movements built around your primary movement or that compound exercise being the first cab off the rank, all the other movements can be isolation work or they can be other variants of compound movements. If you're doing a full body program, I recommend splitting upper, lower, push, pull between the two days and filling in the rest of the exercises with isolation work. Isolation work, as the name implies, isolates the muscle. In terms of hypertrophy, isolation movements are incredibly effective for muscle hypertrophy. And that is why bodybuilder programs, some bodybuilder programs you'll find are made up entirely of isolation movements because those movements really do work for hypertrophy. But I also recommend incorporating stability work in the form of unilateral stability exercises. And this is where we're going to target our hypertrophy, but also get jujitsu benefit from it as well. Because stability is a very important part of the athletic profile of a jujitsu athlete. So if we can include that in our hypertrophy program, we get two for one. So we're not developing any stability deficiencies. This can be in the form of single leg exercises like single leg deadlifts. We can do single leg glute bridges. For the upper body now, we can talk about kettlebell bottoms up press, stability work for your shoulder, and so many different variations of stability exercises. They are stability exercises, yes, but they're also isolation work in a sense. So we get a bit of both. I also recommend incorporating the core grip carry and rotation superset. I spoke about in detail the concept of core grip carry and rotation, why I grouped them together in supersets in the previous episode. So please review that. As a quick summary, it's because it's very important for your athletic profile as a jiu-jitsu athlete, and they're very commonly neglected in traditional strength and conditioning programs. So I like to put emphasis on it, usually at the end of a workout session. Now, if you were hoping for a laundry list of the best exercises to do for muscle hypertrophy for jiu-jitsu, I'm sorry to leave you disappointed. The reason that I can't just list out a bunch of different exercises is because this is very individual. It'll depend on you as an individual athlete, what the primary outcome or primary goal of that training program is. Recovery. We cannot do an episode on muscle hypertrophy without even mentioning recovery. So if it's the lifting weights that breaks down your muscle, it's your recovery time that builds them back bigger and stronger. Recovery has so many facets to it. It is a very complex conversation. However, there are some commonalities that will cross over between most individuals. I will be doing a dedicated deep dive episode on recovery for jiu-jitsu athletes in the near future. So keep an eye out for that. But as a rapid fire, prioritize sleep, prioritize quality nutrition, specifically adequate protein and carbohydrates, avoid cold exposure four hours post 
training. So don't get in any ice baths or, or cold plunges or anything like that. And try to have at least 24 hours in between your sessions. And don't do any endurance cardio within 24 hours of your hypertrophy training to avoid the negative interference effect that may occur. Summary. Okay, so we've gone through quite a lot, but hopefully at this point, it has been understandable and digestible. Let's go through a rapid fire summary on everything that we've covered so far. Increasing your muscle size is all about inducing three stimulus. One, stress. Two, tension. And three, damage. Increasing myosin increases your muscle size. Train to failure or at least train until one rep short of true muscle failure. For weight selection, you can lift within 30 to 80% of your one rep max. Do five to 15 sets per muscle group, but four sets will get you around 64% of muscle hypertrophy. Your lifting tempo doesn't really matter as long as it's not slower than eight seconds. Rest between sets should be between 60 and 90 seconds. Make sure your program runs for at least eight to 10 weeks. You can do full body workouts, upper lower splits, push pull legs, as long as you're doing a minimum of two sessions per week. Where do you go from here? If you want a done for you hypertrophy program specifically designed for jujitsu athletes, check out BJJ Jacked. This is my hypertrophy program that's only available on BJJ Strong Online. What is BJJ Strong Online? It's the ultimate performance platform for grapplers. Check it out. Link is in the description of this episode. Reduce your risk of injury, improve your performance, and get jacked for BJJ.